0: Luke chapter 6, as we continue in this, what's commonly called the Sermon on the Mount, which is also recorded for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Here we have a shorter version, but I want to pick up this morning in... Chapter 6 and verse 27. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter in verse 49. It says, But I say unto you which hear, Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, Offer also the other. To him that taketh away thy cloak, Forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. He spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but every one that is perfect shall be as his master. Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, receivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite! Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth the corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a brand or bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, and digged deep, laid a foundation upon a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I've titled this this morning, Principles of the Kingdom of Christ. You know, Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 49 here, and of course in Matthew, like Matthew 5 through 7, chapters 5 through 7, someone has said this, is called, this could be called discipleship of the kingdom of Christ 101. It's like being in discipleship class with Jesus. You know, in these passages of scripture, we have the principles of his kingdom laid down for us. You know, a principle is a fundamental, primary, or general law or truth from which others are derived. So the basic principles of the kingdom are given to it here in these passages. Now, to a born-again child of God, these make perfect sense. But to the world, they are demeaning and not in self-interest. Love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, that's not in self-interest given it should be given on you you know though some in the world have seen value in some of these truths and have adopted them yet it's not for god's glory but again for self-interest you know many talk about living the golden rule and what is referred to as the golden rule is found in verse golden rule is found in verse 31 as you would that men should do to you Dee also to them likewise. That's what's considered the golden rule. But, you know, they think about the golden rule as their ticket of of righteousness. You know, their righteous ticket, if you will. But the golden rule is not a means to eternal life. It's the fruit or product of eternal life. Or life with Christ, it's the fruit or product of the indwelling life of God. So, so what we you want to look at? Some principles of the kingdom of Christ. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this opportunity and privilege to ours to meet together this morning and to open your Word. I pray you'd help us as we look into this passage of Scripture and others. I pray that the Spirit of God would speak to our hearts and help us understand these truths and endeavor to apply them to our lives for that for thy our good and thy glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we consider some principles of the kingdom of Christ, and I have three, three things, main points here. Number one, the, the governing principle. Number two, the identifying principles. And then number three, the founding principle. And again, a principle is a fundamental, a primary or general law from which all others are derived. Okay, So so think about that. First of all, the governing principle of the kingdom of Christ. And that governing principle is found, summed up for us, you might say, in verse 38. Where it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down and shaken together, and running over uh, (coughs) shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. So the, the governing principle of the kingdom of Christ is giving. It's giving. And, and what precedes this verse is a list of things we're to give. You know, the world is characterized by what? Taking. Getting. That's, that's the characteristic. That's the philosophy of the world. You get all you can and can all you get. You know, although there was a phrase, I think it was a McDonald's advertisement: "You owe yourself a break today." At McDonald's, I don't know what kind of a break you get there? But uh, you know, that, that was the philosophy: be all that you can be. You know, get all you can. You know, the, our our the mentality of the uh, of the of the world today is that. that The world owes us. That's the mentality. You know, we're all victims, and we owe, we're owed, and that kind of. No, the principle, the governing principle of Christianity is giving, not taking. It's giving. And if you notice, there's a list here, and I have five things that 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 we're to give. In verse 27, we're to give love, not hate. But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. So we are to love and to do good, not hate. We're to give love. We're also to give, number two, blessing instead of cursing. In verse 28, it says, Bless them that curse you and pray for them, which despitefully use you. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) The word blessing here is the Greek word eulogio. Eulogy. It's where we get our Lord eulogy. It means to praise or to invoke with blessings. You know, Romans 12, 14 says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. So we're to give blessing in place of cursing. I remember when I was pastoring in Maine, we had this old fellow that, that uh, he was kind of a bitter old old man, and, and uh, <clears throat> he got to the place where, where uh, he couldn't take care of himself, and I and we met him on on visitation, and uh, so I would go there and witness to him, and and then I began to you know, help him, and and I would take him to the grocery store and help him get his groceries and things like that, and then it got to a place he couldn't hardly go anymore, so I he'd give me a list and I'd go get it, and anyway he was we was there visiting one day and he and um, uh, Paul and I, and he was saying you know in this you got to teach this boy in this world, it, it's tit for tat. You know, you do just, you do back to them just what they do to you. You know, you curse them that curse you, and so on and so forth. I said, no, that's not the way it is. Were you blessing for cursing? And he would he was often cursing the Jews. Finally, I told him one day, I said, you know, I've just had about all I can take of your cursing the Jews. And if it wasn't for a Jew who died on the cross of Calvary. To pay the penalty for your sin, I wouldn't lift one finger to help you. And he never said anything about the Jews again in my face. Now we're to give blessing for cursing. Bless them which persecute. Bless and curse not. We're also to give prayer in place of reproach or insult. Notice verses 28 and 29. It says, and unto Uh, Verse 28 again, bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Now, there's been a lot of question about this offering the other cheek. It's not natural. You know, when somebody's going to smack me on the cheek, it's not my natural inclination to say, well, go ahead and hit the other side while you're at it, make it good. You can try. It might be short. But anyway, you know, you know, the idea here is not defending yourself. The idea here is of an insult. Um this is this is a, this is considered an insult. And and instead of insulting or reproaching in return, we are to pray for those. Look at uh uh Luke 23:34. Luke twenty three thirty four, <clears throat> you know he wasn't smite smitten here, but 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 notice what Jesus did in response to what they did to him. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And of course, uh, in Acts seven sixty, we have the example of Stephen also, who was reproached and insulted and and assaulted. Uh, he said, Lord, lay not this sin their charge so instead of when we when, when reproach or insulted we're to pray for them pray for them which despitefully use you the idea is to accuse or to to, to uh, uh, condemn so uh, you know and, and of course you know, I, I remember there was a missionary in the Czech Republic some years ago and uh he got on a train or a bus one. I can't remember if it was a train or a bus one day. He got on this, anyway, he got on there. And this guy come up to him and just smacked him. I mean, just smacked him one right in the face. Now, this guy was a, um, he was in the Army, a colonel or, anyway. Anyway, he was, he was very fit. But anyhow. Anyway, this guy come up to him and just, just popped him one. And he said, I so bad wanted to clean his clock. They said instead, I reached in my pocket and pulled out a gospel track and handed it to him. And he said he looked at it, and he took it, and he sat down, and he started reading it. You see, we're to pray. Go to Romans chapter twelve. Romans chapter twelve. We're not to return insult. For insult or reproach, for reproach. Romans 12, verse 17 says, Recompense well, it means just to give back a reward. No man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You might say, Well, there's my excuse. No, that's not an excuse. Uh, but Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. You see... Uh, we have the example of Stephen overcoming evil by doing good. He prayed, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And there was a young man standing there that day holding the coats of those that stoned him, whose name was Saul of Tarsus. So we're to give prayer instead of reproach. Fourthly, we're to Lend. Lend. The idea here, you know, it uses the word uh, unto him that taketh, but but the, but if you read on the context, I be the idea here is we're to lend without interest or expecting something in return or a return favor again. So so we're to give or lend without expecting any favors in return. You know, the world if, if the world likes to lend but with interests for, for their own gain. Uh, and the idea here is not not that you know if you're in the banking business that's not the idea here, but if you have someone that's in need and wants to borrow or has a need that just give it to him without expecting anything in return. If you notice in verse uh it's in verse twenty nine and thirty unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also to him the other, and here it is, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And if you read on, for example, in verse 34, And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners, receive as much again. So the idea here is, you know, we're not to to, uh, lend or to give to people so that we get things back. you know, a good cross-reference would be James chapter 2 and verse uh, 14 through 17. James 2.14 says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So the idea is that we give to those in need without expecting anything in return. So instead of taking, giving, or lending. And then, number five, in. Uh, being caring and considerate instead of judging and condemning. Now, notice in verse 37, it says, Judge not, that ye be not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Now, let me preface this first of all by saying, God is not telling that we are not to judge anything. We are to judge righteous judgment. But the context here. Is, is, is talking about hypocritical judgment or just being plain critical. The word judge here, according to Therese Greek, Lexicon, means, the definition is, of those who judge severely, finding fault with this or that in others. So they're just going around picking, nitpicking about every little thing. That's what the Pharisees did. I mean, the disciples... Were eaten before they washed their hands, and so the Pharisees say, "Why do thy disciples eat with unwashing hands?" So it was. It was just fault finding. Fault finding. No, would be caring and considerate of others. Um. A couple of passages. Romans chapter uh, 2, verses 1 and 3. Uh, Romans 2, 1 and 3 says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Verse 3 And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment? Of God. Um, James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And verse 11. James 4 verse 11. Again says. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother. And judgeth his brother. Speaketh evil of the law. And judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law. Thou art not a doer of the law. But a judge. Now go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And I think we have an example here of this. John chapter 8 and verse 1. John 8. Of course, this is the account of the woman taken in adultery. In John 8 verse 1 it says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had sat here in the midst... They say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have a, to accuse him. But he stooped down, Jesus stooped down, and with his finger wrote in the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you. Let him first cast a stone on her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, you know, this, is, this is not about saying adultery is okay. That's not the idea here. Jesus is not saying adultery is okay. He said go and sin no more. What this is about is the Pharisees, of course, bring her, and she's caught in the very act of adultery. Now, that raises a big question. Can a woman commit adultery by herself? So where's the man? Where's the man? You know, there's been conjecture and commentators that have asked the question, was it one of them? You know, there's a lot of questions raised about this passage and a lot of questions raised about what did Jesus write on the ground. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But this we do know. They had already judged her by their hypocritical judgment and they had already condemned her. But they wouldn't condemn themselves for violating things in the law. You see, and Jesus said, you know, Jesus did judge her. He said, go and sin no more. What you did was wrong. Don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. So the governing or the ruling principle of Christian, the Christian is giving. Giving. Again, the philosophy of the world is taking. But we are to be governed by giving. Giving. Secondly, the identifying principle found in verse 40 is... Uh, where it says, the disciple will not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And uh, so we're to be as our master. We're to be identified as our master or like our master. You know, the Bible says that the, Christian, the, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And the word Christian means Christ-like. So we're to be as our masters. So there ought to be some identifying principles. And and I have three things here also. Number one, have a clear understanding of truth. Notice verse 39. And he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? (coughs) Now, this is the fruit. Of a pure heart, or heart made right with God. A seeking heart. One that seeks the truth. And uh, Really, it's one that's been, that is honest with themselves. We have to have an honest understanding of ourselves and of God to be able to think and understand the truths of, 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 of God. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And and we see here an example of those that are blind and why they're blind. Um, Matthew fifteen, <coughs> verse one. Then came Jesus, to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were at Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Notice, it's the tradition of the elders. It's not part of the law. <laughs> And he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? And I'm not going to read all through that, but notice verse 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. And here's the key. But their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, and he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not with that which goeth into the mouth defileth man. In other words, to eat with your hands not washed is not going to defile you. You may get a little more bacteria when you eat, that's all, you know. But it goes out in the draught. That isn't going to defile you. It's what comes out of your mouth. It comes from the heart. That's what's defiling but that which come out of the mouth, this defileth the man, verse 11. Then came his disciples and said to him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind, leaders of the blind. And if they be blind, lead the blind. Both shall fall into the ditch. You see, the Pharisees were blind because their heart was darkened with their self Righteousness. Go to Proverbs <clears throat> chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. You know, understand the truth is not really that difficult. You just have to be willing. And open to receive it. In fact, Proverbs says, Wisdom is easy to him that findeth it. But Proverbs 2, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walketh uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness, and judgment, and equity, yea, and every good path. But he said, if you're going to understand, you've got to seek it as you would seek silver or you would for gold. I mean, if somebody told me there's a pot of gold somewhere in my property, you think I'd be looking? You better believe what I'd be looking. I'm going to pay off my mortgage, you know. Uh, I'd be searching. I would spend every bit of spare time and every bit of some other time that I have to look for it. It would be most important. In my life, it would be consuming. And that's the idea here. Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You see, having a clear understanding of truth is identifying principle of the kingdom of Christ. The second. Identifier is good fruit. Good fruit. In our text, verse 43 to 45, it says, For a good tree bringeth forth corrupt, bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a brand of bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So again, this notice it says out of the abundance of his heart. This is a treasure that comes out of the heart. Good fruit. Good fruit. <coughs> You know, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, without which there is against which there is no law. Um, chapter 6 here in verses 8 and 9, you know, we see some examples of of the fruits of unrighteousness. Uh, chapter 6, Luke 6, verse 8 and 9 it said, But he knew their thoughts. So this is what's coming out of their heart. And said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? What they chose. They want to destroy it. Jesus healed the man. They were mad and angry. It's because the tree is corrupt and has evil fruit. In Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light show, so shine before, before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be treated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Matthew Henry said this in his commentary, I quote, To to love those that love us has nothing uncommon in it, nothing peculiar to Christ's disciples. For sinners will love those that love them. There is nothing self-denying in that. It is but following nature, even in its corrupt state, and puts no force at all upon it. It is no thanks to us to love those that say and do just as we would have them, But it becomes you to do something more excellent and eminent, herein to outdo your neighbors, and do that which sinners will not do, and which no principle of theirs can pretend to reach to, you must render good for evil, not that any thanks are due to us. But then we are to our God for a name and a praise, and he will have the thanks." And so... You know, identifying principle there is good fruit. If there's not good fruit. Jesus said, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Ye shall know them. A third identifying principle is, as the master's servants, serving others by love. Now, notice verse 40 again. It says, the disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Now, Jesus said, You call me master and lord, and for so I am. And then he said, If I be your master and lord, serve, then ought ye to serve one another. So John 13. Um Look at look at if you will in Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five, and this is this is talking. You know what I'm referring to here is how we are, if we're a master or have been given some position of ruling or an authority as a Christian. It's a it's a it's not. It's a it's an it's a position of service. This is this is why our country is going wrong because our leaders don't anymore see themselves as servants of the people. They see themselves as lords over the people. You know, our president's supposed to serve the country, not himself. Congress is supposed to serve us, not serve themselves another term. Galatians 5, verse 6 says, For in Christ, in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, notice, which worketh by love. And then verse 12 and 13, I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. See, the world rules mastering over men, enslaving them in body and mind. We're trying. know that has been the history of mankind. Wherever the world rules, it tries to enslave and control even the minds of men. But as rulers, and as Christians, we are to serve those that are under us. We're to rule with justice and love. Verse 31, as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Second Samuel 2, 23, 3, David said this, The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, Ruling in the fear of God. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3, talking about pastors. He said, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. And then he said this, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. Not the Lord over it. Ephesians 6, 9, talking to to, to masters there who would have had slaves in Bible times, he says, And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Colossians 4, 1, again, Masters, give unto your servant that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. You see, again, as rulers, we are servants of the Lord. 1 Kings 3, verse 6, Solomon understood this. He says in, in his prayer, Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according. He said he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him his son to sit on his throne as it is this day. So he, he realized he was a servant. You know, as you think about the law, the, those that are to enforce the law, they are called in the Bible ministers of God to thee for good. Romans 13, 14. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. You know, the police are to be servants of the public, of the public good. And they're not to turn their eye turn their head away from that which is evil. That's, By the way, that's not love. That's not good. No. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So, so identifying principles would be that we be as our master, having a clear understanding of truth, and be, be uh, uh, zealous of good fruits, and... Serve others by love. And then third thing I want to see is the founding principle. Notice verses 46 through verse 49. It says, And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a an house and dig deep, and laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation building a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So the founding principle, of course, is Christ. Now, the word founded or foundation means to be established. And, of course, you know, the word founded means to, to, to lay a foundation. You know, The foundation is the vital part or the beginnings or that which sustains a house. A house without a foundation its not going to stand long. The first storm that comes along is going to destroy it. No, you need a foundation. That's the most important part of the house, of a house, is the foundation. Notice the, there's a word here also, the word shake. Uh, in verse 48 it says, and it, you know, the, stream, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it. The word shake means cast down from one state, or to shake down, or to overthrow. So, so this house could not be shaken, it could not be overthrown. It could not be cast down. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and of course our foundation is Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Paul said, For we are laborers together, with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So it's, again, comparing us to a building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master building, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon, thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And of course, you know, he says he built his foundation upon a rock. Well, the rock is Christ. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 10, verse 4, And said, Did all drink that same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So we're to build our, our life upon a foundation, the foundation is Christ. Uh, you know, it's a rock foundation to establish it thereupon. And if we do, we will not be shaken or overthrown. Ephesians 2.20 says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. So again, He's the first, uh, He's the vital corner. And so the question that this morning is: what is it? That reveals the reality. Of one's relationship with the Lord. When everything is going good. No. It's when the storms of life. And the floods come. Persecution arises. If you read the parable. Of the sower. And he talks about four different types of soil there. And one of them says, when persecution ariseth by and by, he is offended. What happens? The persecution revealed the reality of the relationship. That it was false. By and by, he's offended. You know, I can give you names of people that I believe, some of them who come to this church and join the church, And after a while they got offended and they quit coming. Why? Because they decide this was not really what they thought it was. They weren't willing to give that up. Notice and, and And the storms will come. Notice it says, "The stream beat vehemently upon that house." It means to break by dashing against. kind of reminds me of a, like a hurricane or a tornado. But the key here is, in one little word, and it's that word in verse 47. Doeth doeth. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them. In other words, you not just hear it with year, but you act on it. Doeth. The word doeth means to execute or to act out. And it's a it, it's a word of continuous action. It's practice. By the way, it's the same word that's translated committeth over in 1 John chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. And I'll read that to you. It says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth, that's the same word there, righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin. Again, continuous action. And it's the same Greek word as the word doeth here. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So it's not only he that heareth, the Pharisees heard it, but they didn't do it. So, So the founding principle, or the most basic principle, is that we must not only hear the word of God, but we must do it. We must act on what we hear and establish our life on the foundation. And that, when, we, when we talk about establishing my life on the foundation, that's talking about salvation, having the right foundation. The basic principle. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. <clears throat> now he's not talking about working for your salvation, but acting, you must, have, must make a choice to obey what you hear, to receive what you hear. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that, here's our word again, doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, what's it mean to do? What's he talking about? Doing the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Well, go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 39. John six thirty-nine. This is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that, all, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So this is the will of the Father. You know, He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. And here he says, the will, this is the will of the Father, that everyone that seeth the Son, that speaks of hearing and understanding. Not necessarily seeing, but perceiving, understanding. And believeth. And again, that word believeth is an action word. It's a word of action. So you act upon what you hear and what you have come to understand. And and the idea here is of receiving Him as your Lord and as your Savior by repentance and faith in Christ. And from there, that is the finding, from there it continues. You know, 2 Thessalonians 1 7 and 8 talks about this. When the Lord Jesus shall reveal from heaven, in flaming fire, taking vengeance of them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God wants us to obey. Him and his will for us is to receive him and to, to to be established on the foundation. He compares us to a building. If you're going to build a house, you want a good foundation. Not one that's shifting. I've seen some of these old houses around here, you know, and they're kind of leaning. You know, house I grew up in, the floor is sloped. I bet, I bet, you know, I, I, I bet there was four inches of slope from one wall to the next. And it was an old log house. Part of it was an old log house. And then it had kind of like a lean-to built onto the backside of it, which was the kitchen part. Actually, that floor was better than the other. But that old log house, you know what happened? They just built it on stones. There was no foundation under it. So what happened? It starts to shift. After we moved out, they burned it down. Um, you know, it starts to shift and move. No, if you build it on a good foundation, the foundation of Christ, you'll not be cast down. You'll not be shaken. You'll not be destroyed. Why is it that people here they'll go to God, make a profession, and then somewhere along the way they completely forsake it? It's because they weren't really established on the foundation. They had a profession. I knew a guy that his parents grew up in a Baptist church. And they left that and went to Mormonism. See it quite often. Met a guy in Florida just this past year. Grew up Baptist church. Went to an altar. Made a profession. Now he's part of a motorcycle club. Yeah, done all that. That's what he said. You he heard it. he really didn't establish himself on the foundation. See, Jesus said the the, the founding principle or the foundational principle is that he that doeth and you build your house on the foundation. If you start on the foundation, you'll not be moved because the life of God never leaves. never leaves. Notice what Jesus said again. Notice, notice, I want to read this verse again. Verse 47. Whosoever cometh me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on a rock. I know this is corny, but it's like that house that the third little pig built. And the old devil, the big bad wolf, couldn't blow it down. Because it was firmly established. You see, if we have the foundation of Jesus Christ, guess who? And we are in his hand. Can the devil... Separate us from the love of Christ? Can't. Can't. So are you established on the finding principle? See, these are principles of the kingdom of Christ. The governing principle is giving. It's giving, not taking. And that's what most of this passage is about. It's giving. It's a life of giving, of service. It's a distinctive mark of us as children of the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Let's pray.